The Athletic. Good morning and welcome to the briefing show from The Athletic. It's Friday the 28th of April. I'm Dan Barnes and today we're asking... With Tottenham Hotspur fans protesting against their club's owners during their draw with Manchester United, where do Spurs go from here? This has been building for a long time. There are frustrations at so many things that have happened this season. After being battered by Newcastle, is there any hope for Everton's chances of Premier League survival? Everton's flicker of hope is extinguished immediately. And on the south coast, are Southampton done for and are Bournemouth sailing to safety? But ultimately, they've not won enough games this season and there's an attitude issue. When a bush comes to shove, they look very, very vulnerable. This is The Briefing Show from The Athletic. We start in North London, where Tottenham Hotspur came from two goals down to draw two all with Manchester United. Jadon Sancho and Marcus Rashford had put United in control at the break, but goals from Pedro Porro and Son Heung-min ensured that Ryan Mason, who's replaced Christian Stellini as interim manager, got his temporary reign off to a positive start. The result moves Tottenham up to fifth in the Premier League table, but they find themselves six points behind fourth-placed United, who have two games in hand. But there was a rebellious mood at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, with fans protesting against owners Enoch Group and chairman Daniel Levy. Here to explain it all is the Athletics Tottenham Hotspur writer Charlie Eccleshare. Charlie, there were both protests and chants against the club's owners at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. So why exactly was this? Well, I mean, this has been building for a long time. There are frustrations at so many things that have happened this season from how things turned out with Conte, the fact that's another unsuccessful managerial appointment, the Fabio Paratici case where you know he was kept on when he was banned from Italian football, then the ban got extended. There was a feeling could they've got rid of him sooner and just a sense that the last few years they haven't kicked on the way a lot of fans feel they should have done. Cards on the table. Is Ryan Mason a contender for the permanent head coach position? I mean, he certainly thinks he is. He's been very bullish about the fact that he wants the job. He thinks he's ready for the job. And, you know, tonight was so much better than a lot of the season. Like, it really was. That second half, they just came out, played with a bit of belief. and just showed a bit of spirit and desire. And I know these are really basic sounding things, but... They've been so absent for a lot of the season. So, yeah, I, I mean, look, it's such early days. He's only got six games. I think at the moment, top six looks like the best case scenario. If they can achieve that, he's got to have a, a chance unless they move and get someone in before them, which is possible. Despite the comeback, does this result make it unlikely that Tottenham's season will end in Champions League qualification? Yeah, I think the top four's done. To be honest, it's, it's felt like that for a little while. They had a chance when... A couple of weeks ago, Newcastle lost away at Villa and then Spurs were playing Bournemouth at home and it felt like, oh, maybe, you know, the last knockings of top four, but they lost that game and that that felt like it. Then obviously they got battered at Newcastle. And then tonight was a spirited result and, and you know, it felt like a good result in the circumstances. But yeah, I think it's, it's, it's gone for them. They could still come eighth. They might not get any European football. So they, you know, at this stage, it's about consolidating. I think now if they could get top six, that would feel like they've salvaged something from a pretty difficult season. In the opposite corner, the future of Manchester United's ownership is expected to take another step towards its resolution today. Bidders for the club, including the Qatari consortium led by Sheikh Jassam bin Hamid Al Thani and Sir Jim Ratcliffe's Ineos, have been told to submit their third and best offers to the Glazers and their brokers the Rain Group today. Laurie Whitwell, Manchester United writer for The Athletic, joins us now to shed more light on the next steps. Laurie, we're told that today is the deadline set by the Rain Group for those bidders to make their best offers. So, what happens next? 
We've had two of these deadlines before and they have turned out not to be the final deadline. So yeah, it's still to be seen whether this is the final sort of call for bids to come in. But yeah, it's another uh, opportunity for the different parties to put forward proposals with a finite deadline. You know, the, the idea of having this is, is to create competitive tension between the bids and you know, raise the prices. So you've got Sir Jim Ratcliffe's bid, you've got Qatar's uh, bid led by Sir Sheikh Yassim. So we'll see what they come up with. We've had multiple soft deadlines for bids during this whole process. So at this point, is there any end in sight? It seems like we're getting closer to the finer details of these bids being proposed. You know, they're kind of going away and refining them. We've just seen the reports this week about Jim Ratcliffe's proposal potentially allowing the Glazers to stay on with a 20% stake, Joel and Avram that is. It'd be interesting to see how that actually works. We've got a piece on The Athletic that's coming out soon uh, that talks about the, the share options and how the Glazers' shares are worth 10 times the voting rights of the ordinary shares. And that would then mean that Ratcliffe would have to have a negotiation with Joel and Avram to dilute their shareholding. So that, that's kind of one to watch, I suppose. But as far as we know from Sheikh Yassim's bid, they are still committed to a full takeover uh, where they think their bid is the most viable for the club and also the local community. Towards the other end of the Premier League table, Everton remain in real relegation danger after they were humbled 4-1 by Newcastle at Goodison Park. Sean Dyche's men are second from bottom with 28 points to their name and they're two points behind 17th place Nottingham Forest. They did find the net through Dwight McNeil, but two goals from Callum Wilson plus strikes from Joe Linton and Jacob Murphy, saw them suffer a heavy defeat. Joining us to dig into Everton's predicament is the Athletics' Greg O'Keefe. Greg, where does this really sobering defeat leave Everton's chances of Premier League survival? Well, I think even with five games to go, the nature of this defeat leaves Everton's chances of Premier League survival hanging by a thread. And as I say, there are chances to atone for this, but the pressure now ahead of this game away at Leicester on Monday is only cranked up even further to concede four goals at home in what's going to be their last chance to play under the fabled Goodison Lights this season you know don't forget it was this fixture almost this fixture last season when Everton sprung a really euphoric 1-0 win to bolster their chances of survival under Frank Lampard but to, to have the same preamble the same coach welcome with the fans and, and the fantastic atmosphere pre-game but then to, to have what felt like the exact opposite of that result um, will probably strike deep into the confidence of Everton's players and, and really affect the mood of the, of the fan base even further. Thousands of Everton's fans left after the third goal. Are they still behind their team and do they still believe? Yep, fans did begin to leave after that third goal and even more after the fourth. I think following on from the result here against Fulham, there was a feeling that, you know, at three, Everton just simply have not got the firepower to come back into a game. The last time they came from behind to win this season was in October against Southampton, and that was the only time they've done it. Remains the only time. So do they still believe they'll stay up? I think some will, some won't now, but they certainly understandably would have doubted whether Everton could come back into this game. I think they'll regroup. I think they'll go to the Midlands on Monday and, and give it their all like they did before this game. But those uh, na- nail-biting nights of watching other teams, other results, seeing if they can help them in any way they haven't so far, are only going to sort of linger on now and uh, it will affect the, the mood of the fan base without a doubt. Everton's next game is a trip to the King Power Stadium to face Leicester, who are also in the relegation zone. Could this be the game that decides their fate? As I mentioned, I think it massively will be, if not a decider with, again, four games to go after that. I think it'll be a huge, huge 
fixture for the Blues. Uh, and, and if they can repeat last season, again, you know, the synergy with last season when they went to Leicester and got a tremendous win at the King Power with the Everton fans making it almost sound as if it, hope, it was a home game for, for Frank Lampard's team as it was then. If they can repeat that and the players can step up this time, then it'll be huge for, for the Blues and you know, possibly give them something going into difficult games then against Manchester City and obviously Bournemouth and sides like that, Wolves. It's whether the morale in, in the fan base will have weathered tonight. We'll see about that. You know, Everton fans have really rallied in, in the past few days and agreed to suspend the protests against the board before games in order to get behind the team fully. And I think they'll continue that. But this will be a really difficult result to bounce straight back from. And I think, like I say, it's more about what it does the psychology of the team as well Sean Dyche has definitely got his work cut out in the coming days If Everton appear to be on unstable ground in the Premier League then Southampton look like they're in need of a miracle if they're to avoid tumbling out of the top flight Ruben Sellers' side are six points adrift of safety with five games to go after their 1-0 loss to South Coast neighbours Bournemouth Marcus Tavernier got the only goal of the game with Shea Adams seeing an equaliser ruled out late on for offside and it all looks rather bleak for the Saints. Let's throw things over to the Athletics' Jacob Tanswell. Jacob, has time very nearly run out for Southampton? Yeah, I think defeat today all but confirms Southampton's relegation. It's been a slow puncture really throughout the season and they've had these must-win games. They've had these six-pointers, especially under Ruben Sellers, especially the last two home games against Crystal Palace and against Bournemouth tonight. They've Perform well in the bigger games against the bigger teams. You saw that against Arsenal last week, but ultimately they've not won enough games this season. And there's an attitude issue, there's an approach issue, and there's a mindset issue. They're, they're not used to winning games. And when a bush comes to shove, as you saw tonight, they look very, very vulnerable. They're not mathematically down yet, but what would relegation mean for the club? Yeah, I think a few people started to prepare for the championship anyway. Um, there's been a lot of dysfunction this season anyway in terms of several people leaving the club as we've covered on The Athletic, uh, director of football, head of recruitment, people in the academy. And I can see that continuing in the championship. There'll be a big turnover of players. Players will want to leave uh, and people need to be put into the right positions to make those decisions. And right now, at the moment, it's only Sport Republic, the ownership group that are in charge of everything. And they've got a lack of staff and they'll have to have a big job on their hands in the summer to arrest the Decline because this has been going on for a number of years now and it's this season is basically the culmination of a number of bad decisions over a number of years. On the other hand, Jacob, with 36 points to their names, are Bournemouth very nearly safe? I think they're almost there if they're not there already. I think their, their form over the last month or so has been exceptional. Of course, they had that defeat to away to uh, home to West Ham. But what they've done since in terms of sticking to their principles, developing a style under Gary O'Neill that's really effective, playing on the counter. You saw that tonight. They've got players that all buy into it and they spent really well. Both Slamson and Bournemouth have spent a lot of money, similar amounts of money in both windows. But what they've done very well is they've built a team in their image where Slamson looks a little bit muddled, Bournemouth look very defined and they've done it extremely well they've punched above their weight and hopefully after consolidating this season Bill Foley the owner has got huge plans to push into the top 10 next season so they've got big plans and big ambitions and yeah fair play to them You're listening to The Briefing Show from The Athletic Elsewhere last night in the Women's Champions League Barcelona held their nerve to progress to their third final in a row they drew 1-1 with Chelsea to go through 2-1 on aggregate in the final which takes place in Eindhoven in June They'll face either Arsenal or Wolfsburg, who meet in the second leg of their own semi-final on Monday. In Italy, Fiorentina booked their place in the men's Coppa Italia final with a goalless draw against Cremonese. They will take on Inter in the final. And in La Liga, there was a huge win for Valencia, who beat Valladolid 2-1 to move out of the relegation zone. 
And now on to tonight's games. After a huge week in the Premier League, the best match of the night is arguably in the Bundesliga, where tabletoppers Borussia Dortmund visit Bochum. That's on Sky Sports in the UK or ESPN Plus if you're in the US. If you don't fancy that one, you could try the Championship, where playoff chasing Millwall are away at Blackpool. That match is also on Sky and ESPN Plus, depending on where you are. That's all from us. If you're not already a subscriber to The Athletic, make sure you take advantage of our latest offer. Go to theathletic.com forward slash TBS, which stands for The Briefing Show, and it's $1.99 a month for your first year. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure that you subscribe. We're going to be taking a bit of a break now, so thank you to everyone who has listened over the past four weeks. We'll be back very soon with a whole new look and some very special guests. I'm Dan Barnes, your producer was Michael Zimmerman, and The Briefing Show will be back soon. The Athletic.